0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode six of the Let's Go Show. I'm your boy, Matt Soups Ramos, and this is the show where we talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment, from movies to shows to gaming. Basically, just anything we want to talk about, we're going to talk about it. And usually it regards nerdy stuff and stuff in the world of pop culture. Today, we're going to be having a very horror-based episode. We're going to start off by talking about Invincible Season 2 because this morning, at the time of this recording, we just got an update on Invincible Season 2. And there has been a ton of horror news that has dropped in the last week. And if you guys are watching over here on YouTube, you guys can see that HBO has dripped your boy out in some merch for The Last of Us which episode 1 premiered last Sunday on HBO Max, and I am super excited to dive in and talk about episode 1 and talk about what to expect for the rest of the season. Today, I am joined once again by my boy, Editor Geo. Oh, where is he? Ah! All right, boom, there he is. (laughs) Welcome, G. Today, I didn't even know what I I was going to talk about, but then I just kind of just looked at I guess what you guys wanted to talk about so on the podcast and we kind of just put together these show notes and there has been a lot of horror news. But before we get into the horror stuff, let's talk about Invincible Season 2 because this morning we just got an update on Invincible Season 2. They uh, they released a brand new teaser, which is basically just Mark and this other alien that's played by Seth Rogen eating at a restaurant and they're talking about what's to come they released a brand new teaser and it's confirmed that Invincible season 2 is dropping late 2023 so we can probably expect this sometime in fall so October November December somewhere around there and it's important to note that Invincible season 2 and season 3 filmed back to back so because we're getting Invincible season two at the end of 2023, I expect that sometime in 2024, we're also going to be getting Invincible three. And they're going to Amazon is it looks like Amazon is going to be trying to crank out a season of Invincible every single year, because now that now that Invincible season two and three have already been filmed back to back. Now, you know, th- there there's more than enough time to start filming season four. And for those who haven't read the comics, I haven't read the comics, but just having done research on the full grander story of Invincible, this show is going to continue to get better and better. And if you thought season one was good, they truly haven't even scratched the surface of what's to come. Gio, have you seen seen Invincible? I've
1: seen a little bit of it. Uh, I've seen basically all the clips that's going around and a little bit of the first episode, but I haven't watched it. But now that I know that it's coming back and they're taking it really seriously, I'm forced to binge that whole first season and see what it's about it looks unbelievable it looks fantastic
0: no yeah for sure and with the new season with the new teaser that they released announcing season two it looks like the animation they they upped the animation like the animation has improved so much and we you know with the new teaser it wasn't even like any action or anything like that it was just mark and this alien sitting at a restaurant having a casual conversation and just the way they're moving the different angles It just looks so much better than season one like it's a significant improvement and that was just noticeable in a a regular scene of them sitting at a restaurant now imagine the action sequences imagine everything else that comes with a show like invincible which is crazy action and yeah i'm trying to just referring to the action because the action in season one was pretty damn awesome to watch and i'm super excited to see how that's going to translate with this new animation style with season two and season three Another thing that was released regarding in regards to Invincible Season 2 was that Mark is going to be fighting the Immortal. If you guys don't know, the Immortal is the dude from Season 1 who has, like, he had, like, the really... Um, thick beard and he's the one who I guess survived uh, Omni-Man's or he didn't survive Omni-Man's attack but he came back towards the end of the season and he fought on Omni-Man once again well now in season three Mark is going to be fighting the Immortal and judging off the, the uh, script page that they that they released it seems like the Immortal is coming after Mark after fighting Omni-Man because he's kind of like blaming Mark you know what I'm saying it's kind of like it's kind of similar to how it was done in Batman versus Superman, where Batman comes after Superman, because if there's even a 1% chance that this dude can turn into a monster, he's got to stop. Him. So now the Immortal is going to be coming after Mark, after seeing the horrors that Omni-Man could cause and has caused. I am so excited for season two. I hope Amazon continues to crank these shows and these seasons out, like back to back to back, because... Um, the last time Invincible dropped, the season one dropped like what, two years ago? So I don't want to wait another two years for season three, season four. Amazon put in the work. Let's start cranking these babies out every single, every single year. And with that being said, let's move into talking about horror because there is there has been a lot of horror news dropping within the past week or so. We got uh, some uh, uh, some news on the Quiet Place prequel. We got a new Scream 6 trailer. It's just been announced that they're doing a reboot on Friday the 13th. Of course, we got The Last of Us, which is more thriller than it is horror. But before we get into talking about that, let's start off with our second ma- main topic, which is in regards to a brand new movie called The Boogeyman. So this movie has been making waves this week because it's a brand new original horror film coming from 20th Century Fox. Uh, judging off of really well-performing test screenings, where apparently this movie, according to Big Screen Leaks, shout out to my boy Big Screen Leaks on Twitter. um, Apparently, this movie tested so well at a test screening. It tested in between the high 80s to low 90s. And usually when a film has a test screening, you know, it. Usually the majority of films don't test that high, which is why you know they have to take the feedback that the studios get from those test screenings and then make that film better in order to get it ready for that theatrical release. Well, this film, The Buggy Man, it was originally going straight to Hulu, but now because it's tested so well at some test screenings, um, 20th Century Studios is actually moving it and turning it into a theatrical release. And now it's set to release on June 2nd, 2023. Honestly, I'm super excited about this. I thought a film that came out last year from 20th Century Studios that went straight to streaming and I wish I truly wish it had a theatrical run was Prey, the new Predator movie. Gio, have you seen uh Prey? It went straight to Hulu last year.
1: I heard so many people say so many good stuff about it. They're saying, "Why did it go to Hulu? This should have went to the big screen. Mm-hmm. What a waste." I seen that I that's all I seen last year and I never got the time to watch it. And I really feel like it not coming out in theaters definitely hurt it. Because if it did, I know for sure I probably would have went and seen it. But uh, I don't know. I, I haven't seen Prey. Um, and The Boogeyman just kind of sounds like something I made up in the back of my head. Like, I didn't even know The Boogeyman was an actual character. I didn't know he was a an actual Boogeyman. I just thought it was something someone made up. So I'm really curious to see what the hell this is about.
0: Well, speaking of what it's about, so apparently The Boogeyman... Uh, this is the official synopsis for The Boogeyman. It says... This feature centers around a teenager, her younger si- and her younger sister, who are mourning their mom's death. A boogeyman from the beyond enters their lives after their psychologist dad has an encounter with a patient in their home. So this sounds creepy as hell. You know what I'm saying? I I like I, I like the premise that I'm hearing because just reading off reading off the synopsis. I mean, this is the first time I'm hearing about like the plot details of this movie this this sounds like it has a lot of potential to be really freaking scary and you know going back to what we were talking about last year 20th century studio they had prey which was such a great film i think you know i think i'll most definitely put it in my top 15 of 2022 that went straight to streaming and i really wish i had a theatrical run because it could have had a lot of it could have made a you know a decent amount of money at the box office but 20th century studios also had a really nice run with uh, an original horror film called Barbarian last year. Barbarian came from a production company called New Regency and it grossed over $40 million um, domestically in in the domestic box office off of a $10 million production budget. So that's $30 million in profit. That's a hell of a success. Especially when it comes to an you know an original horror movie. And now it seems like 20th century took that gamble on something like Barbarian. And now they're ready to take that gamble once again this year with the boogeyman. So instead of putting it straight to Hulu, now they're giving it a, a theatrical run. And guys, if I'm being honest, when it comes to horror movies, I feel like horror movies have to be like if there's a genre of movies that have to be experienced in theaters, it's horror. It's horror I mean, movies for sure. The best
1: example is that is when you went to go see the barbarian and they put literal GoPros on your guys' seats to get your reaction, which I thought was freaking sick. And I'm kind of happy I wasn't there because I probably would have looked like a little bitch on those cameras because I'm super scared of scary movies. Um, I'm more of a, like, a thriller suspense guy myself than actual, Mm -hmm. like, horror, horror. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, demonic stuff, like, evil shit. Like, that stuff freaks me out. Like, that kind of stuff will keep me up for two, three days. Um, But I'm really into thriller and suspense. And uh, if, 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 this movie is going to be anything like what I hear Barbarian was. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think it's going to be fire. And it's it's made by you said it's made by the same studio?
0: Yeah uh yeah it's made by yeah 20th Century Studios. So okay. yeah this is a new original horror film that they're coming out with. It's yeah, based it's off
1: getting... of a Stephen King book. I just googled it just now. Some kind of yeah. Stephen King book that he made. And that guy I don't miss with his books. His books are crazy. Even though they do have a hard time adapting his stuff though. A mm-hmm. lot of a lot of his stuff falls flat, but a lot of his stuff that does hit It's hard. Everybody remembers the good Stephen King movies. So
0: yeah, no, super excited about that. So yeah, when it comes to horror movies, I feel like that horror movies need to be experienced in the theater because, you know, sitting in a, a packed crowd on opening night with the big ass speakers, like just blasting, you know, the jump scares, in in your in your ear like it it adds to the experience you know what i'm saying so and that's something you can't really get at home with streaming yeah super happy that the boogeyman is coming to theaters and i look forward to checking that out now moving on to our next horror film that we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about the next installment in the a quiet place franchise so the next installment in this franchise isn't going to be a sequel to a quiet place part two it's actually going to be a prequel, and it's going to be called A Quiet Place Day One, and this prequel is going to focus on literally the day that the aliens landed on Earth, and John Krasinski isn't going to be in it, Emily Blunt is going to be in it, this film is going to follow a brand new cast of characters, and this week it's just been announced that Alex Wolfe has been added to the cast. And guys, this the movie the cast for this movie is turning out to actually be pretty stacked. And I'm really it's going to be really excited for this film cuz I love the Quiet Place franchise. I thought that the you know a Quiet Place was such a great original installment and I'm so invested in this franchise.
1: When Quiet Place came out like no one was really like no one really had any faith in John Krasinski to make a film, you know what I mean? It was just like whatever. I seen both in theaters and both was amazing. And part two had that opening scene that was so good. It was so good, Matt, that I know that's why this movie's happening. I I know for a fact that that opening scene is the reason why this whole movie got made. Is because of how good that opening scene was.
0: Dude, I actually rewatched the opening scene like right before we we started shooting this, and uh, yeah, like after watching that opening scene, it's like give me a whole movie on that. And now it looks like that's what they're doing with a Quiet Place Day One. The cast is being led by Lupita Nyong'o, Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things. Any Eddie Munson fans tuning in? Eddie Munson, oh, Stranger Things. He made it. He made it. He made mainstream. it. He, he's ma- he's making his theatrical debut with this. Um, and then now this week, it's just been announced that Alex Wolf has been added to the cast. If you guys don't know, Alex Wolf, Naked Brothers Band. Come on now. Uh, no, the Alex Wolf. He was in Hereditary. And dude, oh, I yeah, just, yeah. I, I just found this out, but like Alex, uh, Alex Wolf is the brother of Nate Wolf and they're twins and Nate yeah, Wolf,
1: bro.
0: I'm guessing I, you, I thought they were naked one person,
1: you didn't watch naked brothers, man. I didn't. Oh my God, bro. It was big time rush before big time rush. It was one direction mm-hmm. before one direction. It was like, they were the coolest guys. It was just young. They were there was a, it was a Nickelodeon show about young kids. And it was mm-hmm. like a reality TV show, kind of like entourage, but just for kids. And how how they're famous, and I think bro, it was freaking awesome. Like, really? I, I hate it because there was only two seasons of it because it was amazing. Uh, but they made a crazy comeback, like you said, her, Hereditary, and then he had a recent appearance in Old just now with yeah. the, the M Night Shyamalan flick. So mm-hmm. the boys, the Naked Brother boys, are back. The boys are the boys are taking over again because they're everywhere. I see them all over the place. Yeah,
0: no, and yeah, Alex Wolff is known for Stuck in Love, Paper Towns. Dude, I thought they were the same person because they are identical, guys. They look the same. Alex is the one that did Hereditary, and he was fantastic in that. And Hereditary is one of the best horror movies of the, of the past decade. So see, I think a huge part of the uh, a huge part of the reason that he got cast in this movie was because of his performance in that. And with A Quiet Place continuing to be one of the shining horror franchises in today's day and age, I think Alex Wolf is a great addition to this cast. On top of that, you have Lapita Nyong'o. Oh my God, she was so great in Us. we can never get enough of Lupita Nyong'o. She is just such a queen. Lo- love her in the Black Pan- Panther franchise. Love her in Us. Love her in so many different things. And now, now she's good. Now she's the lead of a new, a Quiet Place movie. Sign me up. On top of that, we're getting Joseph More, Joseph Quinn. Sign me up. I'm super excited
1: about this. Yeah, her emotions and the faces yeah. she makes. And Us, bro, I shit, she, she made me shit my pants, man. She made me shit my pants. She was so scary in that movie. It was mm-hmm. freaking terrifying, man. She was so good in that movie. So to see her in another thriller, like a suspense movie, like Us. Yeah. She's going to kill it. And Joseph Quinn, bro, what a freaking, what a clapback. Such a rise after Stranger Things, bro. And deserving of because he was probably like the best part of that season. He was so good. Mm-hmm. He was the best character in that season. It was between him and Max. They were, they were fighting for a spotlight for me.
0: Um, yeah, no, he showed he, he stole the show, man. Joseph Quinn really stole the show and made a statement. You know, in a lot of in a lot of big blockbuster shows, you have, you know, certain actors that really just are propelled into stardom and success. But it's like sometimes, you know, and, and this has sometimes this has most of the time this has nothing to do, do with the actor. It just has to do with like the projects that get sent their way, you know, their their management and stuff like that. But you know what sometimes when an actor is propelled into stardom. They don't have, you know, projects afterwards that continues that momentum for them. I'm super glad that Joseph Quinn was launched into stardom with Stranger Things. And now, boom, he's going to be starring in the next installment for the uh, a Quiet Place franchise. You know, he Absolutely. has that momentum.
1: His, and his I'm sure he'll get more work
0: after this as well.
1: Yeah, his talent was recognized is basically what you're saying. He wasn't just like, oh, he was that guy from that show and that's it. The best yeah. example is that is what happened just now to the, the guy from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. What's his name?
0: Uh Kiwi Kwan.
1: Just happened to him just now where he got the Golden Globe. And he, he was for sure that his career was over and that his career was written off. I believe he just went on to do other things. And he just gave up on acting in general. And, and it, it ate him alive. He was depressed by it. He did a whole speech. I don't know if you've seen the speech where he was crying. Yeah. He was all emotional about it. And the guy was was like literally i didn't even remember him from the goonies because he was so good in the movie i totally forgot he was even in the goonies when someone told me that i was like oh my god that's him because he was so good at playing like that when he was going in and out of his other self from the universes and stuff man Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: i'm glad to see that actors are not just getting rid off by that that one and done roles you know what i mean like yeah. Like Joseph Quinn is is bouncing up and he's got talent, man. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to kick ass in that movie. I really hope it's good though, because my biggest, my biggest concern was that, I don't know if you know this, Matt, when John Krasinski finished quiet place one, mm-hmm. he said that I don't want, I don't want to do number two. I, I like the way number one came out. I think it was a masterpiece. I don't believe in sequels. I don't want to do a sequel. So then the studio said, okay, well, we're just going to do one without you. So it's either you write it and direct it, or we're going to find someone else to do it. So then, obviously, he was like, "All right, I'm not gonna let anybody else write my part two. I'm gonna write my own part two. and he ended up writing the part two. And some can argue that it was even better than the first. It was unbelievable. This one, I'm I, I'm I'm excited because it's got that quiet place name, and it takes place in that world mm-hmm. that we've seen in that opening scene. But I'm also I'm also scared a little bit because I know I I really I really wish John Krasinski's hands was on this movie. Is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, this is the first uh, installment in the franchise that he isn't directing and isn't uh, a part of, um, yeah, the director of this movie, he directed this horror movie called pig back in 2019, I believe. So this is going to be a, a, you know, a a completely new visionary that is taking the lead on, on one of the installments of the franchise. So I'm excited to see how it pans out again, when you have an all-star cast like Alex Wolff, Lupita Nyong'o and Joseph Quinn, it's hard not to be excited. And, uh, yeah i hope it really turns out super excited about this and uh yeah yeah so that you know that's our kind of that's a cap to our talk about a quiet place now we got to talk about the scream 6 trailer man that dropped earlier this week scream 6 is one of the most anticipated horror movies of the year amongst all people amongst all general audiences and uh yeah, Gio, we got a new Scream Six trailer. I thought this trailer was fantastic. I love it. We all it. know why everyone's excited for this Scream installment.
1: General Ortega's major explosion after Wednesday yeah. is gonna drive the box office sales of this up extreme. I never seen someone gain that kind of popularity from one dance. You know what I mean? Like we haven't seen that since Risky Business with with Tom Cruise when he had mm-hmm. that dance scene and it just made his like. It just jump-started his entire career. Like he had a bunch of hits after that and he was all over the place. I feel like that's what's gonna happen with Jenna Ortega. That was just one of those scenes you see and you know like, okay, she's gonna have a career for the rest of her life. She's never gonna have a problem getting a job from that one scene, let alone the show. I love the freaking show. Wednesday Mm -hmm. was phenomenal. It wasn't talked about enough to me. I kind of just stumbled upon it when I was really sick. I don't know if you remember, I I wasn't talking to you. I had a real bad flu. And I just binged the shit out of that show, bro my goodness it was like so good i it, it felt so good to see tim burton back at it again because he's the only guy to take fear and horror and make it like disney you know what i mean like uh-huh. make it magical and like kind of fun to watch but it's ugly horror shit that you're looking at but you know what i mean it's he's got dark tones with disney vibes which i love about tim burton and he brought it back a majority of the people who's going to see scream six is because of how good jenna ortega was in uh wednesday
0: yeah jenna or- jenna ortega had a hell of a year she had a hell of a 2022 Um, she had, you know, scream five come out at the beginning of last year. Then she came out with X. Then she also came out with Wednesday and now boom, scream six. And it feels like she's in a complete, she's, I mean, it's, it's not, I feel it's, she is in a completely different space and life just in the span of 12 months and everything is different. Now she's again, she, she is so much bigger in terms of her stock as an actress compared to where she was a year ago when scream 5 came out. So now with scream 6, this film takes place in New York. A lot of the, a lot of the same cast from scream 5 is returning for this one and um yeah, I thought the trailer was fantastic. I don't know about you guys. Uh Gio, what do you th- what what did you think of the trailer itself?
1: Um I have oh, I actually did see the trailer. I lied to you. Yeah. And I think they're actually taking it a lot more serious this time because the first one was very self-aware. And it was very uh, there was a lot more comedic tones than the other screens, even though they all have their like own comedy in it screen Mm -hmm. because it's based off of what you're like, the the most famous line from the movie is what's your favorite scary movie. So it's very self-aware. It always was. But last one in particular felt very, very, very self-aware. And there was like too many plot twists that kept happening over and over. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm the guy. No, I'm the guy. No, I'm the guy, Um, which I'm not really getting in this new trailer. It seems like they're going with a way more. Serious thing here, which I really, really like, and I think they should because everyone's freaking pumped to uh, see it after the last one. Uh, the last one had like its parts where I was like, mm, ah, you know what I mean. But at the end of the day, I was like, if they make another one with this cast, I'm, de- I'll definitely see it. I'll see it again because it was fun to watch in the theaters. It's another one of those situations where if if you watch this at home, you're probably not gonna watch it. It's a theater experience with like yeah. three, four guys, three, four girls cracking up that's the kind of show this
0: is for sure. Like if there's a genre that is made for the in theater experience, it's the horror genre and scream six is definitely going to be one of those that you're going to probably want to see on that opening Friday night, probably with your friends. When I, when I was back in, back in when I was in middle school, that's like one thing I used to do with some of my friends, we would go like opening night for like horror movies and it would just be such a fun outing because yeah, horror movies are their own experience. You know, you can't get that watching like a traditional blockbuster or like a rom-com or something like that now nah, horror movies are a, a different type of experience and to me like they're a lot of fun because I kind of go into them with the mentality of like bro this thing will scare me you know what I'm saying single scare know. me there's something about there's something about taking that <laughs> gasp with everyone in
1: theater you're all like Shh. you know what I mean when everyone's kind of on edge or when something suspenseful's is happening and everyone's doing that scared laugh or the whole crowd's yeah. freaking out because they don't know what's gonna happen it's like a together experience you know what I mean it's not even it's not even just the people you came with like one time I went to a scary movie, I had a full blast conversation with the guy next to me because we were both scared and we were trying to predict what was happening. And I didn't even know the guy. So that's what I like about horror and suspense movies is is that in particular. But again, I'm a little bitch. I don't like like graphic horrors. I like suspenseful thriller movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just that's just what I like.
0: Actually going back to a quiet place, dude. I remember my 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 experience watching a quiet place was so vivid because a huge part of this movie a huge part of the movie just has no sound to it you know there's parts of the film where it's completely silent because it's the film is being told through the perspective of um the young daughter who uh, is deaf so they just completely cut the sound and then i'm watching this film in a packed theater so it's like completely silent so like you're kind of scared to like chew your popcorn or sip your soda and be that guy cuz you don't want to be that guy that makes noise what why was completely that one silent. guy
1: there was that one guy in my theater and I swear to you, someone shushed him. And I was like, you can't let the guy eat. What do you want from him? It's a super silent movie. It's not his fault. The guy just wants to crunch a snack. The guy paid for his concessions. He just wants to (laughs) chew his chip. It's not like he was, he wasn't getting down on the chip. It was just like a little, like, it sounded like a sound effect. And then I heard a guy just shush shush him like he went to shush school and the words of uh, Think cook. And I felt bad for the guy. He never crunched again. He went crunchless
0: yeah another thing too is that like i also get so immersed in the movie that i'm like dude if i chew on this popcorn this alien's gonna fucking kill me you know yeah, what i'm saying 100 so,
1: like i felt like i was gonna die
0: yeah 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 so dude that's what i i love about the quiet place franchise because man that theater experience is something special now moving on to the next horror movie franchise that we're going to talk about this was just announced earlier today at the time of this recording a new friday the 13th reboot is on the way with sean s cunningham um Honestly, I'm gonna to be totally honest with you guys. I've never seen a a, a Friday the thirteenth movie. I've never seen uh, any installment in this franchise whatsoever. I know of Jason. Um, uh, and I've actually played uh oh my gosh Friday the thirteenth
1: video game for Xbox. I remember playing that.
0: It's uh it's Dead by Daylight, and 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 yeah, in that game too. The yeah the Friday the thirteenth. They were
1: both the, they were both the same thing. One was just had yeah. Jason and one didn't, but it was the same thing
0: yeah 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 so i played the game like some games with jason but i've never watched any of the friday the 13th movies um but jason obviously is you know uh uh, a staple in the horror franchise he he is in that conversation with you know uh freddy krueger Ghostface. you know the he's in that conversation of some of the most iconic horror figures he's a horror goat he's a horror goat exactly so you know it's it's nice that they're you know they're doing a reboot that they're bringing him back um obviously the the halloween franchise just kind of rounded itself out with uh, halloween ends so it's going to be a while until we see michael myers again even the movies called halloween ends we all know michael myers is going to come back at some point that's be real stop. but it seems like in the meantime um they're going to be you know take uh, shifting their focus to bringing uh, uh jason to life so i'm I'm down for this i'm excited to see a, a friday the 13th reboot because i've never seen any of the older films I'm excited to see how they remake this for like the new generation of horror fans. So yeah, a new Friday the 13th is coming. Another thing that's coming is, um, this isn't even on our show notes, but I just remembered this. Um, Megan 2 has been announced. So (laughs) Megan, yeah, that was just announced this fast. (laughs) Yeah. Bro, I don't know if that show is a meme or not right now. I don't know what's going on, but I've been
1: seeing it all over the place and I just can't take it seriously, man. I've seen the trailer and I'm like, my God, I can't dude you I gotta can't. go watch it it's good
0: I, 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 really I, like I, think
1: I, I think it's because i got ptsd from chucky when i was a kid but now i'm grown up and i know i can kick the shit out of that guy but when i was um, a kid man chucky used to scare the shit out of me so something something the concept of like a doll coming to life and effing your life up
0: i, I don't know nah nah i think you would really like it because it's more on the thriller side than it is on the horror side like it's more funny than it is scary you know <laughs> it's there's one of there's those actually-
1: horror movies that you're laughing at right
0: yeah yeah there's actually like not that many times in the film where you're like genuinely scared Uh, again it's just more on the thriller side so uh, again the film has made so much money um it didn't have that big of a budget so it's it's turned out a lot of profit for universal and uh yeah now they easily just greenlit megan 2.0 that's the official title for the sequel and uh it, it seems like it's inevitable that we're gonna see Megan and Chucky. Like we're gonna see a Megan versus Chucky. There's movie. gonna
1: be yeah. There's gonna be a multiverse crossover with Chucky and Megan. You know that for a fact.
0: Oh, it's gonna happen. Yo, good. that would be dude. That would be a crazy horror movie. Like I feel like a lot of people would turn up for that. Uh, us. Just to watch, you know, two dolls just fight each other to the death. That would be super entertaining. I like that. <laughs> it's not scary, bro. It's not that scary. Trust. I'll t- I will tell you, like, if there was, like, jump scares and stuff like that. But when it comes to Megan, like, they, it's more of, like, a satirical um, horror film. Whereas, like, some horror movies are, like, they're aware that they're a dumb horror movie. And they lean into it. You know, they lean into the Exactly. Exactly. 100% um and Megan Megan does that and it does it very effectively because it's aware it's self-aware of what it's trying to be you know like the premise of like a robotic doll coming to life and like haunting someone (laughs) like it's that's so out out of left field that's so crazy but um you know the film knows too
1: wacky to me I'll be honest it looks too wacky to me did you see it alone did you see it with somebody it looks too wacky I don't know
0: bro I I went I went alone um I want to I want to watch it alone, but like there was obviously people in the theater and yeah yeah it was, yeah. It was, it was a good experience. It was uh yeah, very funny uh the cat the cast was phenomenal and uh I think th- I truly after watching that film, I truly think this is a this is going to be a franchise and they could definitely make so many more like Megan installments for sure. It's like so the new got, Chucky.
1: immediately after you watch it, he was like, yeah, this is probably gonna be a staple probably gonna be about five of these.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think it appeals. Uh, I, I think it appeals to, to a wider audience because originally Megan was going to be rated R. But then they after their, after the trailer dropped and it went viral across social media, they peeled it back to a, a PG-13 rating. So like that, it could be uh, uh, just more accessible to to a larger audience. And I thought that was the right move in terms of uh, it, the finances, because like if they wanted to make more money making it a PG-13 film what you know that would again it would appeal to larger audiences and the film that's why the film has been so successful because it's made so much money but at the same time i also thought the film could have really benefited from being rated r like i hate when movies i hate i hate when i watch some movies where it's like damn this should have been rated r you know what i'm saying like the first venom movie for example like i thought the first venom movie even though it was crazy successful and it made so much money for sony i thought the first venom movie you know he's biting off heads like why isn't this movie rated r you know it should have been rated r in my opinion
1: a lot of movies get nerfed with that rating. That one rating changes an entire movie. It gets
0: nerfed hard. Yo, yo, but pr- props to Blumhouse, props to Universal. Like, you know, they they did their thing. They made their money, and what now a marketing. Th- we move got made by you know. them.
1: What what a marketing move by them, man! To just be like, yo, this this thing went viral. It's all over TikTok. It's everywhere. We just dropped this rating so we get all these young guys to see it. That was like super duper smart if i made that movie yeah. or like if i if, if i was in charge of that decision i never would have made it. i just would have my dumb ass would have said all right let's just release it the way it is so that was really freaking smart last minute like yo let's peel it back a little mm-hmm.
0: bit no facts so we talked about megan we talked about friday the 13th we talked about scream 6 we talked about the next installment in the a quiet place franchise we talked about the boogeyman now it's time to talk about the show that everyone has been talking about the last of us the last of us episode one premiered with an 100 and uh, it was an hour and 25 minutes long. Uh, episode one was an hour and 25 minutes long on HBO Max. And holy cow, people are already praising the show as the greatest video game adaptation ever, which is pretty crazy to say. But when it comes to video game adaptations, they're usually hit or miss. It's either really good or just a complete total flop. No, um, no. But record. I... Dude, I thought I thought the la- This first episode for The Last of Us, it was a damn movie, bro. This shit was amazing. I was I I could not I could not take my eyes off the damn screen. And the the standout for me was the performances. You know, when it comes to the story of The Last of Us, in my opinion, it's one it's one of if not the greatest gaming story ever. So now that they now that they're adapting it for the live action setting, all people truly want to see is the story in live action and what was so great about this first episode is that they quite literally brought to life parts of the game like word for word scene for scene the exact way it was shot and they even decided to add a lot to it because you know this first episode we have you know the opening 25 minutes which takes place before you know the apocalypse happens and it's following uh, Joel's daughter, Sarah, and, and you get, you know, a ton of scenes with her. And this entire nightmare that unfolds is told through her perspective. And then after that, we're followed, you know, we follow Joel. We meet Ellie and holy cow. There was a lot of doubt and controversy over the casting of Pedro Pascal as Joel, um, Bella Ramsey as Ellie. They crushed it, man, especially uh, Pedro Pascal as Joel, because we didn't get much of Ellie in this episode, but Bella Ramsey, she just felt so naturally Ellie, like Ellie, like her mannerisms, the way she was talking. She felt like, uh, again, this role came so naturally to her. And I think it was reported that um, during her audition, when she, when she first auditioned, she didn't even play the games. So for her to to have gotten a role like Ellie without having even played the games, it means that, you know, they came natural to her. And it feels like that when when I watched her in this in this first episode, uh, Geo, uh, did you watch this first episode? And you know what are what are your thoughts?
1: I have not, but I have never seen a show get that famous in such a short period of time. Uh, as we're recording, I don't know if it changed. I'm gonna double check, but it's the highest rated show on IMDb of all time in Whoa. the shortest amount of time. It literally broke records off the first episode, just one episode,
0: Mm -hmm. um,
1: which blew me away. And The Last of Us Games is a game that people who have an Xbox feel bad that they have one. I'm one of those people that have an Xbox and I hate having it because of that game. Uh, I'm dying to buy a PS5 to play part two when it came out, let alone part one, since the games came out. So then to see, like, wow, it took me that long to get my hands on a PS5 that the freaking TV show came out already Mm -hmm. makes me feel like a freaking dork. But on the other hand, um, speaking of the show, HBO can't miss, bro. HBO does not miss. I don't know who's in charge of putting those freaking shows on the channel, Matt. But, bro, just off the top of my head, Entourage, Sopranos, The Night Of, Um, bro, it's, it's ridiculous. HBO does not miss Game of Thrones. Am I missing any? Probably 400. I'm missing
0: Uh, a euphoria. Um, like dude, HBO is the best in the game. Like, and uh, man, after watching this first episode, dude, no disrespect, man, but it's like, I watched this episode and it's like, how, how can I, you know, after watching something like this, how can I, how can I go back to watching, you know? an episode of like a Marvel Disney plus show again, or or like, I just don't think when it comes to Disney plus, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy Marvel's Disney plus content. I enjoy the star Wars content, but I just don't think it's as good as it could be. You know, when we talk about the Marvel cinematic universe, this is the biggest brand in Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? This is the biggest franchise out there. So for the longest period of time, for years, the MCU when that when that branding when that Marvel Studios logo is attached to something, it has always been must see. But now that Marvel's been putting out so much content, and you know Kevin Feige is only one man, so he can only devote his time and attention to one thing at a time. And there's a thousand different things coming out. It feels like with the Disney Plus shows, like they just haven't on on in terms of writing, in terms of you know pro, uh, production like production uh, quality. In terms of just like the the development of these Disney Plus shows, they have not been on the level of something like a House of the Dragon, of The Last of Us, of Euphoria, and it's like they should be. You know what I'm saying? Like Marvel is one of the biggest brands out there. Disney has unlimited resource resources, so there there should be no re there should be no reason why these shows um why there's such a wide gap between you know the HBO shows and then the the Marvel and Star Wars shows on Disney Plus. It's just a testament to how great this sh- this this show is, man. And again, it's only episode one. We still got nine episodes to go. This, sh- this show can go in a thousand different directions. We've sh- we've seen shows in the past, Bumble, but th- there was not a better way to have started this season than this. And uh, one of one of my biggest fears going into this season was the pacing, right? Because they're doing the events of the entire first game within the first season alone. And there's 10 episodes, I believe. So we have nine episodes left. So um, I've, I've always been super worried about how they're going to pace the show and really do justice to the full story of the entire game. And uh, I thought this ep- first episode was paced so well. Now looking forward to episode two, we're going to be getting more of Joel. We're going to be getting a, a more of uh, his, his relationship with Ellie as now they're going together on this journey. And... I just man, I love 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 Pedro Pascal so much, and I thought he he did such a great job in playing Joel because we saw him at the beginning of this episode, you know, kind of just like him just being a regular dad with him and his uh, daughter Sarah, and then you see like you see the difference between him then and then him after the twenty year time jump, and now he's just he's scarred, he's gone through so much, and he's not the same dude, and you, you know, uh, Marlene. Um, She has a line in this episode where she said, you know, I know what you're capable of. And we got a little taste of that at the end of the episode when Joel attacked that guard and just literally just he had flashbacks to when that, you know, Sarah was killed. And he just lunges at this guard at the end of the episode and beats him to death. And, dude, it was just it was horrifying to see, but it was badass and awesome to see because, like, you know, that's it felt so in character for someone like Joel to do something like that and to unleash. Um, so I, I am, again, I love house of the dragon was my favorite show of 2022. And I love that show so much that it felt like every single week was a grind to get to Sundays just to get uh, another 60 minutes of this show. Now, after watching episode one of the last of us, I feel the exact same way. It feels like every single week is just a grind to get to Sunday. In order to get more content from this show and this story. And when it comes to, you know, taking a franchise that people already love and adapting it to like the live action setting, you know, we've seen it time and time again where, where some, you know, some studios or some uh in some instances where people take something, we people take a franchise that people have grown up with, that people have grown up loving, and they all alter it and they try to do it in a different way and they try to you know differentiate from the source material but the last of us has proven that if you literally just give the fans what they want if and if you stay loyal to bringing to life what people already love then they will support the show because i could not have think of i could not have thought of a better way for them to have adapted the game especially with this first episode man there were so many different scenes it was so cool to see on social media like people cutting up scenes and like putting them side by side from the video game and then with the show episode it was so awesome to see and the you know hbo shout out uh, neil Druckmann, naughty dog everyone involved at when it came to bringing the last of us together and i'm excited to see where uh, the rest of the show goes and to see how everything else unfolds man Um, so that's kind of our, our talk on the last of us now moving on to our next topic, because today has been such a horror based episode. I wanted to talk about what is the most important part of a horror film. There are so many different elements that go into making a horror film, right? And I think, you know, there can't just be one moment there has to, or there can't just be one moment or they can't, there can't just be one element. There has to be so many different types of moving parts to make a horror film successful. But I, I've been, you know, thinking about this all day in preparation for filming this this uh episode. And, you know, I actually pitched out this question to you guys and I asked some of you guys, what is the most important part of a successful horror film? And we have Jenkins.peeler who said, storyline, a lot of horrors sacrifice having a good solid plot over uh over being being over-the-top scary so again uh jenkins peeler said storyline a lot of horrors sacrificing sacrifice having a solid plot being over the top scary over the top scary so i agree with this one thousand percent um then we also have Devinson.yasir who said jump scares that's definitely a part of like a horror movie experience um faded dot zero one said suspense if you can nail the suspense right, then you sort of got it. And then we also have Jeremiah Rabolo who said characters. I think these are all fantastic, fantastic elements to a horror film. And every great horror movie has to have, you know, a a a, a good a good quality of all of these elements. You know, you have to have a, gr- a good storyline. You have to have, you know, scary jump scares and scary moments that'll scare you. That's why it's a horror movie. You also have to have suspense and know how to build that. You got to build up to those jump scares and those moments. Yeah. Um, and then you also have you also have to have characters that people care about. Um, Geo, kind of going back to a quiet place. Um, after watching, you know, uh, some clips from the movie before recording this episode, you know, I, I look back to to the the, the first a Quiet Place movie, and I think like, man, this this is a horror film that has everything. You know, it has a super interesting storyline. It has you know a great threat because I think the The element of like the threats of a horror movie is very important as well, because, you know, that that's kind of that's what drives the plot. You know what I'm saying? The threat, the the main vehicle of a horror movie is you have your main characters, but what they're driving towards is that threat and that big bad. So I think uh, when it comes to uh, the movie, A Quiet Place, you have to have, uh, you know, a great threat. You have to have characters that you care about so if anything were to happen to them again it would affect you emotionally you have to learn how to build suspense you have to have you know th- that suspense kind of just pay off with those big jump scare moments those mo- moments that you know shake your soul that get you on the edge of your seat and then you also have to have a great storyline because i do agree that there are a lot of horror movies that just focus on being scary and having sh- and leaning into shock value instead of telling an actual story that you know, is interesting. Um, so Gio, when you, he, when I, when I ask you the question, what is the most important part of a horror film? What comes to your mind? I'm going to have to
1: agree with one of the comments that was left or one of the messages that was sent in on your, uh, Instagram or wherever it was that suspense is, if you can captivate on suspense and really, really sell it, and really get people on the edge of your seat and really get people grinding their teeth, that suspense is more important than the jump scare itself. Suspense mm-hmm. is more important than the actual big bat. You know, a lot of good movies and a lot of good directors, I forget their names, say that sometimes, I don't even want my, uh, I don't even think this the fear should have a face because the moment you see a face, you're kind of like, oh, that's it? I- That's not that serious, you know what I mean? Your your brain kind of adjusts to it once you see the bad guy. Uh, Example, Freddy uh, Krueger, Jason, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface. All these faces are just like staples now, they're icons. You go to a grocery store, you go to a Halloween store, you see their faces everywhere and don't scare you anymore. And that's the reason why I feel a lot of those major movies aren't hitting that hard anymore because people got used to the character. Whereas if a movie like A Quiet Place are a quiet place to get out, uh, us, uh, even nope. these hereditary. Movies, hereditary, these movies, captivate on suspense. They don't even care about the, the villain's face. Like even though you do get to see it and it is, you know, a jump scare, they rely more on the suspense of it and the buildup towards it more than the actual, um, scare and the horror itself. And that's what people are scared for what's going to happen next people are scared of that and when you can get them to be freaked out like that you want in a horror movie another big thing is characters you got to give a shit about this guy because if you don't you want him to die you want something bad to happen to him yeah. everyone's yeah. got that sickness in the back of their brain when they're watching a movie and because we know they're fake characters we just don't give a shit we're like oh man someone killed this guy already this guy sucks you know what i mean mm-hmm. like we all have that in us so a character that is actually that you actually rooting for that you want to see win that's not doing stupid shit like, don't go in the basement. They're, he's there. And then they go in the basement and he's there. Oh, yeah, we deserved it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Characters are huge. And um, suspense is huge in a horror movie. Like I said before at the start of the podcast, Matt, I, I'm a sucker for suspense. And yeah. those movies I named are, are, are all movies that made me think, oh, my God, what the heck is happening? What's going to happen next? All of those. So.
0: You you made such a great point. Um, But you know what I think is another... I guess, element when it comes to great horror films is that sense of unpredictability Yeah, because it feels like with, you know, a lot of horror movies that come out today, you know, they're very predictable. You know, the main character is going to kill the bad guy at the end. Absolutely. You know, they're going to make it out alive. But one thing that's becoming a lot more, I guess, important when it comes to horror movies, is kind of like that Game of Thrones. You know, you never know when a character is going to die type type of thing because when you have characters that you care about and then those characters can be taken at any moment then it makes you fear for fear for the characters even more and it gets you even more on the edge of your seat because anything can happen at any point in time whereas i feel like with a lot of horror movies in today's day and age you have characters that you care about you have characters that you're invested in but you know they're going to be safe and that takes Absolutely. so that takes away from the horror experience because you should be on the edge of your seat you should Absolutely. be thinking you know, yo, I am worried about this character's life. Like when it came to X, you know, I watched that movie and I was like, dude, there's no way they killed Jenna Ortega. There's a part of the film where her face gets blown off and you're like, oh my God, they did it. Um, With Barbarian, Barbarian, that uh, was a super massive hit Uh Original horror film that came out last year, Barbarian was a film that kind of started off where you're thinking Bill Skarsgård is the the villain of this movie. And it st- starts off as like a creepy, like kind of like rom-com vibe. And then as the film progresses, you're like, oh, my God, you, he is not the villain. Who? What is actually going on? and it, it keeps you guessing and it's very unpredictable and they did such a great job at marketing that movie because i also this is another element as well i also feel like a lot of horror movies in today's day and age they give away their entire plot within the first trailer you know yeah, absolutely
1: that that's a given for any movie though let alone horror horror specifically but that's a given for any uh, movie nowadays man the trailers are revealing too much ant-man is a great example of that even yeah. though i'm happy they did and they needed to do it because mm-hmm. you know a lot of people were feeling fatigue and we kind of wanted to see where he was at they gave a lot away in that trailer, and I kind of know already how the movie's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I also do feel they're... Uh, it's off topic. I also do feel like they're playing a little trick, trickery in that trailer where they're making you think one guy's going to die and it's going to be someone else. But, you know, they gave you enough in that trailer to know exactly how the whole movie's going to go Yeah. besides the very, very end. You know what I mean? You can take yeah. a good guess at it, though. Um, trailers are getting too... too uh, specific and they're showing way too much. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you anymore. They need to be more like the social networks trailer, or um, the Wolf just of teasers. Wall Street
0: trailer. Like teasers, trailers should just tra- trailers should just be a tease. You should not go into a movie knowing what the plot is going to be. Um, you should know. More or less like the premise of the film, but not necessarily the plot details and how things are going to go. Because then, especially when it comes to film horror films, it gets just very predictable. Um, so I, I, you know, shout out to everyone that sent in your an- these these answers, and shout out to all of you guys that submitted answers uh, via Instagram. And uh, it, again, I'm going to kick this back to you guys. If you're tuning in, let me know in the comment sections, all over social media, and anywhere you're watching this or tuning in. What do you think is the most important part of a successful horror film? What's the most important element? Is it the storyline? Is it the jump scares? Is it the suspense? Is it the characters? Is it the big bad? What is it? Um, In my opinion, again, uh, a great horror film has to have a mix of all of this. But if you had to choose one element to prioritize over the others, which would it be? I think it's an interesting conversation because, again, there's so many elements that have to work and and be of quality in order to make it all work um but yeah i agree with all of them at the end of the day so yo this year has been this year is gonna be such a great year for horror again we got the boogeyman we got bo's afraid coming from a24 um we have insidious 5 there's a new saw movie coming out uh a reboot of the exorcist and uh it feels like horror uh we, we just got megan um so it feels like uh, studios are are You know, just literally very interested in cranking out horror films because horror films, more than any other genre, horror films are the most some of the most profitable, profitable movies out there. You know, very small budget, anywhere from five to 20, 30 million dollars. And then the upside is insane. You know, it's it's...
1: paranormal activity. Paranormal activity was a bunch of freaking camcorders taped to people's ceilings. The first one. And it literally made so much money off that first one alone. I know just the the budget, just the return on the first movie alone paid for all the sequels that came after, it, let alone all the money that the sequel made.
0: Another film that just came out, uh Sick on Peacock. I haven't I haven't checked it out yet, but I am gonna check it out because it's written by the same writer who wrote the original Scream movie. And um, it's a film that is set in the pandemic. And basically you have these group of uh high school kids who are quarantining and you know a killer you know they, they experience a, a killer who comes to their house as they're quarantining by this lake and it's a slasher film and it's it's very it's very cool to see like movies adapting like real not not real world events but like real world settings with something like the pandemic you know it's it, it's like a, i feel like it's it's such a cool original it's original that's what it is it's original And i feel like we need more originality when it comes to and every genre
1: glass onion did it too um, the whole yep, movie takes yeah. place in the pandemic and they're all wearing masks when they first meet each other and then this guy goes and says, gets like a little needle, shoots it in their mouth and says, you guys are good, you guys are healed, everyone's good Come on, let's go." Mm-hmm. Like crazy, like shit, maybe they had this all this time. But no um, I uh, heard about that movie Sick and um, I just feel like, I hope it does well and I know it probably is but I know if that movie came out like last year, it would have freaking killed it It's just, I feel it's a little bit too late because we got people who kind of are getting over to the, the covid and getting mm-hmm. over that now and they're kind of just getting used to it and accepting it so i'm just saying my personal opinion if it came out one year earlier i think it would have crushed everyone would have loved to to see something like that you know what i mean yeah because this so, is still in the air about the virus and shit
0: nah i think i still think it'll do really well though um yeah I, I think a lot of people are are just are a lot of people are down for horror man obviously we got stream six uh, coming, coming pretty soon, coming out in March, um and yeah, 2023 is going to be such a great year for horror, and I look forward to talking about all of the upcoming releases that are on the way. But I enjoyed this this little horror movie talk. I, I like how we just got to dive in, get, talk a little bit of, about The Last of Us. We're again, we're going to be talking about every single episode of The Last of Us moving forward. So next, on the next episode coming out next week, we'll be talking about episode two. So let us know across all across social media, guys. Let us know what you guys think about Invincible season two. Let us know what you think about The Boogeyman, A Quiet Place Day One, Scream Six, the Friday the 13th reboot, The Last of Us. And of course, what is the most important element of a successful horror film? Let us know across all socials. Again, the Let's Go show drops new episodes every Saturday morning on iTunes, Spotify and YouTube. Make sure to follow us all across socials because we also release clips on TikTok. Twitter, and Instagram at Let's Go Soups on social media. And that's where we do a lot of our engaging. So that's where you guys can send in questions that we talk about on the show. And yeah, we love talking to you guys. We love filming these episodes and we're not going to be stopping anytime soon. So thank you guys for tuning in. We love you guys 3000 and we will see you guys next Saturday. Peace. Let's go. Let's go.